There's nothing better than dipping a breaded roll filled with beef, spicy mustard, and Swiss into a warm cup of au jus, which combines into one bite the perfect balance of salt, fat, heat, and acid. Or, any sandwich that relies on dipping in beef juice or a heavy application of mustard isn't a great sandwich. If you're in the mood for a pile of meat, there are much better options than the French dip. Who's right? Let's find out. This week, on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, the French dip. Is it affordable, ethical? Is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married? Is the origin true? Doesn't matter to me. All that really matters is celebrities. Joe will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food. He'll rate. He'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Dan, what's up, man? Uh, it's a, boy, that's a leading question, Joe. Just right off the bat. Jeez. I mean, I mean, how's it feel to have a real sandwich this week? None of this peanut butter bullshit. <laughs> right in for the French dip. <laughs> uh, you know, I think everybody gets defensive of their their chosen sandwich selection. So, look, I think the peanut butter and banana, the non-Elvis, is a fine sandwich. But obviously, you went sort of in a different direction with the French dip. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I feel good about that. All right. Well, here's all I'm hoping for, Joe. Our last episodes have been so long. I don't know if you know this, and it's sort of like sweeps week in podcasting to talk about this, so I'm trying to avoid it because I don't adjust our ratings, Joe, but my wedding is in under three weeks. (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) Congratulations, Dan. My life is a disaster right now. Everything's a disaster because you have so many months and you're just like, oh, I'll figure it out. Oh, the playlist for the DJ, that's fine. No problem. Yeah, plenty oh, of time. perfecting this dance. Yeah, whatever. Oh, picking out the linens. Fine. Figuring no out when people RSVP'd maybe. Figuring out if they're actually yeses or nos. Ah, whatever. Who are these maybe people? What's, what's, what's their problem? Well, well, it's more complicated than that. It's my fault. I shouldn't have put maybe on the form, but... Yeah, actually, that's a weird option. Well, it wasn't. It's it's complicated. It wasn't for the wedding. It was for other events. But either way, it's a, it's uh, my cousin who I, you've met him before. Um, anyways, it's a disaster. This it's terrible, and there's just no more. To, I can't procrastinate anymore. Decisions have to be made. The venue's like you have to lock in all these choices two weeks before the wedding. So it's like that's it. It's done. It's terrible. Look, pressure's on. You got to make the decisions now. You're not you're not an expert picker like me, Dan. I know. This, I need you to come in here and just be like, uh, well, actually, I could do it because for the linens, I was like, I don't care. Just pick whatever the default one is. And they're like, well, that's that's not a thing. You have to pick. And then it's like Megan's agonizing over the linens for like, you know, hours and hours. I mean, are people going to notice that? I don't know. We should have done Megan picks a linen for season three. Also, do you have any idea how expensive these linens are? We're talking multi-thousands of dollars for linens for this fucking wedding. It's insane. I don't linens. think we ha- Yeah, that's crazy. Dan, I don't know where you're- You know, I feel like saying I want the default linens should be an easy thing. That that should exist. Yeah, it doesn't. 
It doesn't. There are different, uh, all sorts of linen providing companies, and it's like one of them, the more expensive one, has a showroom in San Francisco. The least, ex- I mean, a showroom for linens. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the the less expensive one, their showroom is like an hour away. I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty excited to see these linens. <laughs> they, they better be fucking nice. Uh, but anyways, it's really, it's really a disaster. And I have this quasi job that's taking up a lot of my time. So this podcast is like the best part of your week. No, this podcast is by far the worst part of my week. The the editing, the having, you know, I can just remember at the beginning of this podcast, it was so fun. I was like, you know what? When we do a roast beef sandwich, I'm not only going to buy a roast beef sandwich, I'm going to make roast beef from scratch and I'm going to see how that goes. And it's like, I don't have time to do that anymore. You did make some promises about making sandwiches every week. Yeah, I did. It's I, I barely had enough time to get the one sandwich. It's tough. I mean, in three weeks, the amount of free time I'm going to have is just going to go up so much without having to do these damn dance lessons, without having to do this, just the, the stress of knowing all this stuff needs to happen. See, that's your problem. You're doing a lot of stuff. Like, I didn't do any dance lessons. I didn't pick out linens. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Well, Dan, like everyone else, I'll just be very excited when your wedding's over. <laughs> You're going to have a great time. I can't wait. You don't have to do anything. You just have to go there, eat a delicious meal, drink whatever you want. The the signature cocktail, oh yeah, which again, I, I forgot, I'm running out of time to tell them. We, the signature cocktail is going to be like a Zabrowka-based cocktail. Oh, is it really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, you're going to love it. <laughs> it's going to be great. I mean, in theory it's going to be, but I have to actually make it happen, so <laughs> it remains to be seen if just, that happens. Just yet another another decision you have to make. Damn it. But it'll be good. Everybody will love it. All right. Let's get into it, Joe. Yeah, the French dip, man. What a sandwich. Now, Joe, for the first time in podcast history, when we get into the first section, what is your history with the sandwich? I already know your history with the sandwich, Joe. What's my history with the sandwich? Joe, wait, hold on. I need a sound effect to create the uh, suitable emotional hit for what I just said. Are you going to do the record scratch again? <laughs> I was deciding between. Wait, Joe, what's your history? Wait, I don't need your history with the sandwich, Joe, because I already know it. From Fanwitch Julia, breaking text message sent to me just before the recording of this podcast. Wow. Watching Joe eat a French dip is one of my earliest memories. And this is her history with the sandwich. It was a double whammy. We were at DZ Aikens, the deli uh-huh. near our synagogue that we would go to all the time growing up. I think their menu only has a cheeseless French dip filled with only brisket, so I'm not sure if it really counts. Anyways, he, you, used to pronounce au jus in a way that made me laugh so hard. I never ordered the sandwich myself because I always thought that it was only for people cooler and older than me, but I always hoped... That's still true. But I always hoped Joe would order it because then he would say au jus. I don't remember how I said au jus, but I mean... (laughs) You know, I think my French pronunciation is relatively impeccable. Joe, it's hilarious. Say it again. Aju. <laughs> Joe, you're you're a riot. Are you yanking my chain right now? Well, it's true. I mean, I would get the sandwich quite often at at DZ Aikens. It's it's actually a great sandwich. It's like the best thing on their menu. Now, Fanwich Julia brings up a very good point. It is for old, cool people. That's, Wait, that's correct. A French dip that does not have cheese, that also has brisket, 
Is that really a French dip? First of all, I don't I don't really remember if it had cheese or not. I do remember that unlike the French dip that I had this week, the bread was very squishy. It wasn't like a toasted bread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember if it had cheese on it or not. And it's sort of like a – it's not really like a brisket. It's like a – it's like a it's like a wet roast beef. Interesting. I mean, brisket can be wet too. Yeah. When I when I was in Texas, they actually had uh, at the Texas barbecue place for the brisket. They actually had different kinds of brisket. They had like extra dry brisket. They had like normal. They had like extra juicy. So it could have been just juicier brisket. I mean, I will just say that like my history with the sandwich is that growing up, this was – DZ Aikens are not one of my favorite sandwiches to get at restaurants. So you were getting the sandwich. You were dipping it. Oh, definitely. You're dipping it. Plus you get the French fries and you could dip the French fries in the au jus. I mean, it's mm, great. Mm, interesting. Wow. All right. Fair enough. So, so I mean, you picked the sandwich, so I'd assume you had a history with it. But, I mean, your history with the sandwich is so extensive that it's – your sister, it's like burned in her brain specifically how you used to order the sandwich. She said one of her earliest memories. I mean, that's that's meaningful. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Well, Dan, what about you? Do you have a history with the sandwich? My history with the sandwich is that I know Tony would always talk about getting the French dip from Philippe's. And, I, you know, I said this last week. Like, I'm – I'm not actually sure I ever got one in all the time we were at USC, but that almost seems impossible because I know Tony's obsession with the sandwich. So I have to imagine I had like one or two of literally the original French dip, you know, the person who invented the sandwich in Los Angeles, you know, this was the place. So uh, I have to assume I've had like one, but it clearly, you know, unlike... it wasn't good enough to like, you know, actually like be burned into your memory like julia yeah it's it not only is it not burned into my siblings memory i it's not i have no memory of any experience eating one but i'm i think it's likely i had one but i or many i mean again tony fanwish tony raved about the sandwich loved the sandwich had the sandwich all the time you know tony is much more of a foodie than i am which again makes it quite interesting that (laughs) i'm involved in a food podcast but uh (laughs) but you know tony he's a good bear witch there so uh you know, he, he has his, his um, contribution to the podcast in addition to the other things. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much history with it. So it was – to me, it was a very interesting experience this week because I had an idea of – I, like, know what a French dip looks like. But I honestly didn't know what it tasted like. And when I had the first bite of it, I was like, oh, wow, this is what a French dip tastes like. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. So – Whatever my history with the sandwich was, my experience this week with the French dip uh, was like, it was as if it was the first time I ever had a French dip. You didn't have like a good like muscle memory for it. It wasn't like something that you tried into like, oh yeah, I've had this many times. Not only was there no muscle memory, but I when I had the bite and I tasted it, I was like surprised. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. So uh, it, it definitely no muscle memory, no taste memory. It's, it's as, you know, completely new sensation for me. Now, Dan, before we move on and get into the actual, like, meat of the podcast, should we do a little, uh, you know, poll reveal on our on our uh, sandwich court, what the yeah. sandwiches said? Had we – had I had more time, Joe, you know, back in the pre-wedding planning days, I would bring up the document. I would think of all the things to say. Now it's like, since you were very late for the podcast, I did have time to, like, get some thoughts together. But, yes, I really should have done that beforehand. That is my bad. If my quality of narration is very low for the next two weeks, blame this wedding. 
and we probably will have to take a week off the week of the wedding, which will be disappointing. But well, Dan, hold on though. I mean, you've made it clear that there will be sandwiches on the menu at your wedding. Yes, there will be. There I feel like be. we have to live podcast from the uh, uh, reception area. Come on. Well, you can live podcast. And there will be, I mean, there will be some VIPs there. Fanwitch Josh will be there. Fanwitch Julia will be there. I mean, why don't you guys, you just do your own version of the podcast. It'll be great. That'd be great. We'll do our first live episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rob won't be there, but he'll he'll definitely he'll be like talking back when he's listening. He'll, he'll it'll feel extra live to him. I'm sure Megan. I'm sure Megan won't mind it all. Us uh, setting up in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Just just put it on. You know the the whole Birkin Mizrahi table is. Yeah. You can do whatever you want there. My God, these linens are amazing that we're podcasting on. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking better be. Ugh. Anyways, uh, yes, we we. Had a an epic sandwich court last week. Uh, I we got more fan response from this sandwich court than I think we've we've gotten for basically anything we've done so far. And Joe, the results of the well, they're not really the appeal court because they are technically a higher court, although they're technically a tight. It's weird. I don't. They're breaking ties, and their word is final. They're the swing vote. Yeah, they're the okay, swing. Yeah, vote. they're the swing vote. That's good. The swing vote came in, and Joe, it was a unanimous 5-0 decision. So, just to set the stage of our two Bearwitchsters and their arguments, we had Bearwitchster Pam arguing the diagonal cut, and we had Bearwitchster Tony arguing the rectangular cut. The swing vote came in 5-0 for Pam. It was this diagonal sweep. I mean, she made some great arguments. They weren't swayed by the digestive arguments that swayed you. They were not swayed. They, they, were, they were not giving the faith in Tony's no. argument the same way I was. I would assume, again, if, if Pam had challenged it, then it, it sort of would have opened that up as something where, you know, should I consider this? Should I not consider this? I don't know. Pam didn't challenge it. So I just had to take it uh, based on faith, you know, again. I'm calling balls and strikes here. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. We have to accept it as fact. Again, some of our justices as a swing votes, uh, if they try to, you know, if they look at things differently, that's okay. You know, every justice sort of looks at the situation the way they want to, you know, their their personal view, their personal experience. But here it's a runaway. It's a 5-0. Joe, from now on, every sandwich must be a diagonal cut. And for the example of the French dip, for example, you got to cut it on the bias because that's the most diagonal you can get. Well, Dan, I mean, I feel like I'm sort of two for two in our disputed decisions. Are you just going to wait for me next time to make your ruling? It's kind of embarrassing for you. I'm not embarrassed. Look, I do not mind being a minority. I mean, Joe, if you look at the Supreme Court right now, I like the minority. I like the minority decisions. I like those scathing dissents. If you just want to see whatever, you know, Clarence Thomas is doing and just mindlessly and <laughs> wordlessly agree, that's fine. You know, it, to me, that's what you're doing. I'm taking in the, the facts as they come. And I'm, I'm making what I think are the right decisions for this country and fandom. <laughs> Look, my decisions appeal to the masses. What can I say? Yeah. Oh, you're a populist. All right, great. <laughs> Anyways. Wow, that was great. History with the sandwich we've got, so let's just jump right to the next section, the history of the sandwich. And Joe, nothing, nothing makes me happier 
than when I can just copy and paste the history directly from the primary source, which I have done. And the primary source is Philippe's. And Philippe is a restaurant in Los Angeles that is credited with inventing the sandwich. So, you know, I thought, oh, is this a bunch of uh, bologna? No sandwich pun intended. (laughs) But I I have to trust the official Philippe website and what they say. So here we go. Philippe the Original is one of the oldest and best-known restaurants in Southern California. Philippe's was established in 1908 by Philippe Mathieu, who claimed the distinction of having created the French dip sandwich. Now, Joe, when I say this story, you're not going to believe me, but I swear, <laughs> I swear on the on the <laughs> Bearwitchster Bible, this is directly taken from the website. Did he did he drop something on the griddle by accident? I, I, Joe, I. <laughs> My hand is on the, the, the sandwich Bible. Right. One day in 1918, while making a sandwich, Matthew inadvertently dropped the sliced <laughs> French roll into the roasting pan filled with juice still hot from the oven. The patron, a policeman, said he would take the sandwich anyway and returned the next day with some friends asking for more dipped sandwiches. And so was born the French dip sandwich. So-called, either because of Matthew's French heritage, the French roll the sandwich is made, or because the officer's name was French. Oh, so it was like... <laughs> it was like destined to be called the French dip. Well, that, that is... Their last point is like such a, such a curveball there. Because like, okay, the first two are like, the chef is French, that's one thing. The French roll, obvious, that's another thing. Well, was the police officer's name French? Because I feel like they're saying maybe the police officer's name was French. Maybe not. But, like, if true, that's insane. And if not true, it's also insane because French seems like a very uncommon name. What if his name was Officer Dip? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, that's a me. Look, you accidentally uh, dropped it in there. I'd like one of those. Oh, my God. Uh... Yeah, I mean, certainly his name was not Officer Dip. Come on. It's not possible. <laughs> but Officer Friend, I mean, it, I, I, it's got to be the most likely one. It's, I mean, first of all, the first two are connected. Like, the guy is of French heritage. He's using a French role probably because that's the type of role. Like, to him, that's a role. Right. So those, it, it seems like the first two make much more sense than the last one. But look. This is the primary source. It's on their official website, so uh, who, it could be could be any three or any combination of the three or all three. Or they're all true, right? And and it just had to be called the French dip, and we'll never know why. Yeah. So so is this just as is this how every sandwich gets invented? I have a feeling that all of the other inventions about how a sandwich was invented were taken based on the like allegory of this sandwich. Like I think this was the original fake story of how a sandwich was invented and all those other ones because if you remember the timetable the tuna melt was like in the 1940s and it was literally the exact same con the the exact same story almost that they the wording's the same the person who came in was called a patron they came in they ordered an accident happened the the person was like oh let me throw that this away and they were like no no i'll have it anyways then they love it. Then they come back the next day with their friends. It's the exact same story. What was the other one that, that had the, the falling? It was the uh, torta. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> the torta, yeah. Setting it up. Oops, I dropped it in uh, salsa. I dropped I mean, the bolero in some salsa, yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, I wonder what the timetable on that one was. Or, or I mean, or this is just how sandwiches get invented, right? Like, like okay, if you think about it, like if you were to probably find the like history of how every alcohol was invented, isn't it basically like, well, you know, we had some grape juice, we kept it in like a cellar and we got it five years later and we drank it and we didn't die. And like that's basically how every form of alcohol gets invented. Maybe the 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 part that I think there are like two parts of it. One, this, there's a part of the sandwich getting invented, and two, there's the like publication of the story around the sandwich is getting invented. And I think the they're so disconnected from each other that like I think the stories are just basically fake and how they got invented. Because I I don't think like the con like. If you're making a sandwich, like, it, it, they didn't put the stuff in a drop. Like, you don't think anybody thought, oh, put some salsa on there? Like, that won't be good? So you basically think that it's it's basically, like, the most interesting way to tell the story. Because the real story of, like, well, look, I'm a professional chef. I try different things. Yeah. I I, I know that Ajou tastes good. So, so, we, yeah. so, I, so I put it on the side of the sandwich and people loved it. Like, that's not an exciting story. Yeah. To your point. It like this this the stories they make about in these sandwiches almost are like probably insulting the person who actually did invent it <laughs> right. if they did invent it right because they like thoughtfully combined these things and these sandwiches have like stood the test of time for like decades as being like super popular but you know that everybody wants like this oh accidental moment of inspiration you know but I would say of the three stories to me this one does seem. The most possible. I just don't know how this story is going to hold up as we get into more complicated sandwich, like the club sandwich of like, and then lettuce fell on, and I don't know how, but then a slice of cheese fell on. And well, then- <laughs> I think the club sandwich might have the story where they're like, and then the the sandwich like, ooh, it dropped and split in half, and then somehow another piece of bread fell in the middle, and I just said, all right, I all guess right, I'll guess we'll eat it like it. that. And Officer Club said, this is the best sandwich I've ever had. <laughs> You know, it, that could be. But, I mean, the reason I say that of all the ones, this story to me seems like the most possible is because Aju seems like a weird, like, no other thing I can even think of has this type of sauce at all. And so it does seem to me that Aju being such a key ingredient in this type of sandwich does lend some credibility to the idea that you would have to start getting like really creative to come up with this idea of making the sandwich, but then it also has to have this dip that's also like made completely differently and like is relatively inconvenient. I mean, just from like a serving perspective, to always have to have this hot, you know. I, I mean, I guess au jus probably is pretty easy to make, but but even is, still, is the au jus a byproduct of making the meat? I think it's a byproduct of making the meat. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on it. But I would assume that, you know, for example, if you're, like, making it at home or whatever, you're not making the roast beef yourself. So, right, right. it like, it's an odd combination in that sense. And, you know, I, like, I assume Aju probably doesn't store very well or, like, I mean, maybe it does because you could just – you can freeze it. But Yeah, I mean, it stores – it's not going to store for, like, a year. It's going to store for, like, a day or two, right? Yeah. It's still it, – it's just it, – it's a, an unusual ingredient. Like, I'm just trying to think, is there any other, not just sandwich, is there any other anything you can think of where au jus is, like, an ingredient in it? 
I mean, there aren't really that many things that aren't like, you know, there aren't that many main dish foods that involve dipping to such a capacity that the French dip does. Like, I mean, obviously, like, you know, French fries, chips and salsa, things like that, like chips and guacamole, that's meant for dipping. But those are all like side dishes. Yeah. I mean, but like ketchup and salsa are just these super popular condiments that are used in like tons of things. And and again, I think lending credibility to the story before, like if like the tortoise story in some sense seems ridiculous because like who wouldn't have thought to like put a bu- bunch of salsa in a sandwich or right. whatever? Salsa's everywhere, and and obviously something like ketchup or mustard, or like if there were a sandwich where some it's some combination of condiments, and for example, in this sandwich, and it is very specific to Philippe, like mustard is a key component of the sandwich. But if there were any sandwich where it was like, oh, you got to have mustard on this, again, that doesn't surprise me at all. Mustard is like a, a classic condiment that people are, are are using on everything. So, of course, people are going to be experimenting with it. But, you know, the au jus still, it's just, I think this is the only thing that uses it. Yeah, I think maybe it's a little bit more closely like, it's like hollandaise sauce, where it's like a particular thing that you're making for that dish. Yeah. I think actually, yeah, hollandaise sauce is probably a good example of this. Because when you, like, is there anything with hollandaise sauce other than eggs benedict? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think sometimes like like people will put like hollandaise sauce on like a steak, but that's gross. Mm. But even still, it's like, I don't even think (laughs) eggs benedict are that good. But it does seem like like they go to a lot of effort to like make it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I mean, do you consider the, the, the au jus to be, is it? Is it like part of the sandwich? Is it a dip? Like, how do you rate? Do you rate the sandwich on its own, or is the au jus such a like an essential component that you have to rate it with the au jus? Right. Well, you pick the sandwich, but my feeling would be the sandwich is called the French dip sandwich. Like, right. I think the the dip is like essential because honestly, it's like you could just be having a roast beef sandwich, which anybody could just make at home. You don't even need, you know, you don't even need a roll. Two pieces of white bread, pile some roast beef on there, put some mustard on there. You've got a roast beef sandwich. Like, that's not a French dip sandwich because it's not the French roll. There's not the dip. And I think, I mean, to me, I think the French dip sandwich requires the French roll and the dip. I agree. I mean, it's a little bit odd because this is the first thing that we've included where, like, we're including something that is actually, like, separate from the sandwich. It's on the side of the sandwich. But I agree. It's part of the whole package. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good point. It's a good point. But look, Joe, that's what we said. There are no rules. We could do whatever we want. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, the history of the sandwich. I mean, look, <laughs> yes, yes, this history has become a little bit derivative. However, I mean, having it directly from the source, you can't really beat that, can you? Well, I think I think it's on. I think it's derivative because of them. Like I have no doubt that they've been. Whether this story is true or not, I think they've been telling this story since like 1918 or whatever. Maybe I mean it's possible that Philippe just like told the story and people are like, no, Philippe, that's a boring story. You need to get a better one. And he's like, all right, fine. A bunch of shit fell, and I <laughs> named it after the cop that came in. Look, I think this story is good. Seven out of ten. I'm just a normal French chef who loves to experiment and made a popular thing. But that's not good enough for you, you immigrant-hating <laughs> Southern Californians. All right, what's next, Dan? Could the sandwich be in your regular rotation? So here we're going to look at prep, availability, and health. Now, this does lend a question, Joe. Did you make a French dip sandwich for yourself? 
I did not. I bought a French dip sandwich for myself. Okay. As I, as I alluded to before, I also did not make one. Uh, but I did look online to see, you know, how difficult it is to make. And it doesn't seem that difficult. You get the French roll, I think, widely available. You get the roast beef, widely available. The au jus seems relatively easy to make. You just need some beef broth or some, I don't know, some other beef derivative. But you do have to make it. Like, you would, you have to get out your uh, saucepan. Right. You need to put the thing in. You need to heat it up, get it to the right consistency or whatever, or get to the right level of flavor. Then I guess it would probably have to cool down a little bit. And I've never made beef broth, broth before. Have you? I've never made it from scratch. Right. But I've definitely, you know, used it before as an ingredient in things. But, you know, obviously, like, of compared to just a, you know, PB&J or something you can slap together. It, yeah, it's a little bit. This is like more of like a, of like a you know, meal sandwich, like a dinner sandwich. Yeah. This is definitely in terms of the level of uh, ease of making it a, a more complicated sandwich that requires more specialized ingredients. Yeah, there aren't places that sell like little like uh, to-go packets of au jus. Yes. <laughs> hasn't been invented yet. Maybe that's the billion that's a dollar idea. idea. <laughs> but now the question is, and you know, this goes back to your childhood. What do you think how the availability of this sandwich rates out in the world? I mean, I was actually surprised when I was looking for this sandwich. It seemed like, and maybe I just haven't ordered one in a really long time because this is sort of like a childhood sandwich that I get that I didn't get for a long time in between being a kid and now. Um, most of the sandwich places that I go to had a version of this on the menu. Interesting. Interesting. And I was actually surprised because of this au jus thing of like, man, so that means that that all these restaurants have like au jus ready to warm up in like the back or whatever. But uh, most of the sandwich places, like the deli near my office where I got the ham and cheese and the BLT, uh, I actually hadn't gotten one yet up until this evening. And I was stuck at home with my children, so I ordered one and got it delivered here in like in like 20 minutes. It was great. Interesting. So I guess from your perspective, you think that this is like a, a relatively available sandwich. I think it's it's relatively available both at sandwich shops and also at like deli-type restaurants too. Yeah, I think it's a pretty available sandwich. Why? Do you not agree? Well, it's interesting because when I – so I like searched Yelp for French dip and I was very fortunate – um, that I found there's a place that I'd never even been to before. I'd never even heard of, but it's uh, maybe about half a mile from my house. That's um, like an artisan sandwich place, and their signature sandwich is like our signature French dip sandwich. Like, nice. It, it's like their number one thing on the menu. Um, but like the Yelp, it's it, you know, if I search for like whatever turkey sandwich or tuna fish sandwich you know there's a deli on every corner that can make one whereas for for this particular sandwich my normal sub shop did not have it on their menu it might have been the the au jus issue which you know i think is a pretty confounding issue um but it the the places that had it actually were there's a 24-hour diner that's very famous in the castro right near where i live it was it they have it on the menu and again, this like really specialty artisan sandwich place had it on the menu. But to me, it's like not – to me, it's a, a level below the availability of like a, any sort of like like club sandwich or turkey sandwich or whatever that's going to be available at both restaurants and sandwich places. Yeah. To me, this is like artisan sandwich places slash some type of restaurants and diners will, will serve this. But to me, this isn't – you know, like for example – 
I don't think you like Subway doesn't have this. I agree with everything you're saying. I think that it's somewhere above um, or below like the the club sandwich or the BLT, but somewhere maybe just a notch above the tuna melt. Ah, I think I I'd probably put the tuna melt above it. Actually, I think the tuna melt is is, is more, more available. Yeah, oh, really? I think the tuna melt's more available, but um, but they're close. They're they're comparable. But like, I mean, compared to the torta or something, like it's th- this is something that your city is going to have lots of different options to get to. And you know, f- for example, like the place I went to, like this was their number one sandwich. Like th- this is yeah. their their famous sandwich, and I think that is the French dip is a sandwich that is sort of like famous and well-known enough that it can be like the number one, the trademark, the like billboard sandwich for a particular sandwich place, which I don't think is the case with like a tuna melt's not going to be on the billboard for like a sandwich place. Now I will say like one thing about the sandwich that I think, I mean, maybe we'll get into this more with like the first dateness of it too. So it's, you know, whatever, but it's not a super portable sandwich. Like, so yeah, you can get it at a lot of places, but you're not going to get it. Like, you can't eat it while walking. Yeah. You can't really eat it in your car. You can't do it while driving. You can, like, you can sort of, like, bring it from one place to another. Because, I mean, like, we had, you know, you know, I had mine delivered and it was fine. But it's not as, like, it's sort of an odd to-go item, I guess. Yeah, it's an odd item because you it's, it's sort of got to stay warm because I think it, part of the experience of the sandwich is you're dipping the sandwich in the like warm au jus and i think the sandwich i mean mine i got and then biked half mile home so it was you know maybe five or ten minutes you know the sandwich was warm the au jus was warm and i assume that's part of the experience of like the sandwich is getting cold then i think it's like a different sandwich i don't think it's the same thing totally agree but you know to, to your point if you're eating it at the restaurant or you know whatever it's obviously like I think in some sense it's a great restaurant sandwich because it is a bit of an experience, you know, with the sandwich, with the dipping and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of stuff to do with the sandwich. Uh, I think um, Fine. one final bit. Oh, sure, sure. And this is so the one last aspect of this category, and this I think is going to be a big one for the sandwich. We've got the prep availability and the health. So since I did not make one at home, I, although I'm sure Boar's Head makes a very quality roast beef product. I instead just looked online to try to find some information about uh, the nutritional information. And fortunately, Arby's makes a version of the sandwich, the Arby's French dip. I should have tried the Arby's French dip this week. I don't know how it compares to the the more artisan one I had. But I looked at the picture of it, and it looked roughly the same, though I imagine the level of quality of the ingredients is less. But either way, I've got all the nutritional information from Arby's. Uh, so their version is 540 calories. I actually thought it'd be m- much, a lot more calories than that. Yeah, but this is where it gets you. So 23 grams of fat, 50 grams of carbs, 35 grams of protein, whatever. But here's where you get. Here's where it gets you. Saturated fat, 11 grams. So almost half the fat is saturated fat, and then the sodium content in the sandwich is 2,500 milligrams which is 104% of your daily intake of sodium. And that totally makes sense to me because you're you're taking a salty sandwich and dipping it in more salt. Yes. Yeah. So this is <laughs> this sandwich is a is salt bonanza, a sodium bonanza. So uh, if you have high blood pressure, stay away from this. I think if you have if your heart isn't in like peak 
operating <laughs> condition. Just stay away from this sandwich. Yeah, I I I felt that saltiness when I ate my French dip too. Like it wasn't like that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think that in terms of of availability, it's fine. I'm not going to make it at home. You can get it at most places. The lack of portability is a little bit bothersome. Uh, you know, but I think it's it's right in the middle in terms of, like you can still find it at plenty of places. This is a, you know, 5 and a half out of 10. 5 and a half out of 10. I think it's fair. Now, Next category, is it a first date sandwich? So you alluded to uh, some maybe initial thoughts before, but let's call in Fanwich Rob, our podcast, Everybody's Favorite Heel, who has once again <laughs> sent in his information about this. And, and once again, it's going to get a little weird. Okay, okay. The French dip is a high-risk, high-reward first date sandwich. It doesn't send a message of overall concern with healthy eating, healthy living. But if you're out with a foodie or someone with a healthy appetite for more than just food, you may send the message that you are about the fulfillment of pleasures right now. Not a bad message to send. If you're out with a vegan, you've just lost your shot. Watch the splatter and dig in. Rob's date rating, goodnight kiss with a high knee grab. Maybe it goes well, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, Rob needs to make sure that his Rob rating is... Uh, is- is compliant with the Me Too era that we're living in. Yeah. Uh, it, you ask for consent first. Yes. I mean, look, if you're with a vegan, you can order the sandwich without asking for consent. That'll get you in trouble, you know, from the their their feelings about you, but it's not going to get you in any legal trouble. But you no, know, uh, don't don't go for the Heine grab. You ask, you ask if they would like to be kissed, and you ask if they consent to a Heine grab. And even if they sort of give you some, like, body language cue, you still have to be like, I'm going to oh. need a verbal yes. Yes. Yeah, totally. Rob, Rob, let's make these Me Too compliant. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I were Rob, I can't, I'm surprised he even wants this on tape. I guess maybe it could be any Rob. So, you know. Yeah, they don't Who know knows Rob how many is. Robs you're friends with. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so Rob is saying that it's sort of a high-risk, high-reward first date sandwich. What do you think, Dan? Well, I think to his point, if you were like in Los Angeles where the original Philippe's is like a spot, I don't yes. think it would be the craziest thing in the world for, again, this isn't necessarily a first date spot, although I could imagine you're meeting somebody on OkCupid or online or Tinder or whatever. You're both like foodies. You talk about, you know, sometime maybe it comes up in your chat that you both like uh, French dip sandwiches or something. You know, you 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 you. Oh, yeah. It just comes up naturally that you have this thing in common. Oh yeah, then one of the people is like, "Well, well, you've had one at Philippe's, right?" And then the other one's like, "No, I haven't." It's like, "Oh my god, you have to try it." And 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 that's and it's just casual and say, "Hey, let's go in an afternoon. Let's just uh, grab a, a French dip at Philippe's and you know go to the nearby. I don't know where Philippe's is, so I don't know what's yeah. nearby, but something's got to be nice because it was actually when I was um, talking to the guy." At the sandwich shop that I, I bought the French dip from, uh, I was talking about ordering the French dip, and and I was talking about you know being from L.A. and he was like, oh man, I used to live in L.A. and I would go to Philippe's all the time, and he said his routine was every time he would uh, he lived outside of L.A. but he would come watch USC football games and go to Philippe. Wow, it was like part of a, a set of activities for him, and I think it is theoretically possible that you could have the date at 
Philippe's. But I think the reason you could do that is just because going to Philippe's itself is like somewhat of an iconic activity, whereas the sandwich in that case is almost playing a secondary role right. uh-huh. to the activity of going to Philippe's. But I do think it plays. Now, dipping is also like – dipping is, is inherently messy. Do you think that's problematic? I think the sandwich is messy. I think dipping is messy. The the sandwich is it's a very like juicy sandwich. You, you know, it, without the dipping, with the dipping, it's it's you know sort of a mess. And it's it's very greasy. You know, obviously, it's, it's you're literally dipping it in beef juice, which is getting you know get all over your mouth or whatever. You're gonna it's like um, you know your your face is gonna be like glistening from the all the grease that's on there. But again, if you're a foodie, it's just like it's an indulgence. It's uh, it, you're certainly showing a side of yourself, which I think in the right situation, th- the fact that the sandwich is messy and greasy or whatever, like, I don't think that's hurting you in this specific yeah. subset of a potential date. All right. So I think this is a fine first date sandwich. I sort of agree. High risk, high reward. But let's say it's a six out of 10. It's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's definitely high risk, high reward. I think only to be used. In the right moments, but I think unlike some other sandwiches, like there's like a tuna melt is never acceptable no. on a first date. No. This, I think, that there's a moment for it. There's a time and a place. And now, here we go. Everybody's been waiting for this. Does the sandwich taste good? You've been having these your whole life, Joe. You've been having them. You've had it with brisket. I'm assuming this week you had it with roast beef. What did yeah. you think? So the friendship that I got was super interesting because the way that they did it, and I wonder how this squares with Pam's methodology. First of all, the French roll was... You mean how it diagonals with her methodology? Well, it was cut diagonally. It was. On the bias. On the bias, as Dan likes to say, which you just did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, it, 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 um, they did roast beef on the bottom, Swiss cheese in the middle, and then roast beef on the top. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. A very interesting choice. Uh, you know, overall, was there any condiment on there? No, no condiment. No condiment. No mustard. No mustard. Interesting. And I didn't. I just sort of. I just ordered the sandwich as like the restaurant. I, I didn't specify anything. Maybe there was like a little mustard, but but it was whatever it was 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 too little to like tell at all. Interesting. So. The sandwich looked a little bit different than I remember. It was more toasted because, like I said, the ones that I remember from from being younger were like very squishy French bread. But this was like a crispy toasted bread. Yeah, this is strange because I mean, the one I had was soft French bread. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll get into the the condiment mine used later because I think it's a it's a little different, but. I mean, the the Philippe version in particular, like the, I mean, I read a lot of reviews of Philippe's just to, to see what the people are saying about it. But like people said the mustard is, you know, as important to the sandwich as all the other ingredients. And so I'm, it's, I think this is very surprising. But then when I dipped it in the, in the au jus, it was like, just like I remember it. Like it just has that taste that like, I think that's the thing that obviously just makes the sandwich. And the fact that you actually like have control over how much you get on every bite, like the fact that like you're dipping, so it's not like it's just covered in a sauce. Like, yeah, it's great. It's great. And like, you know, more more sandwiches should be made as dipping sandwiches, in my opinion. Hmm. 
Now, I'll ask you this. What about the dip do you think makes the sandwich better? I think two things. I'm glad you asked. One is that it's not like a discordant dip with the sandwich. Like it, 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 it's beef juice with a beef sandwich. So it's not like you're adding like – it's not like hollandaise sauce on a sandwich. Like, like it doesn't really change the flavor. It just magnifies the flavor. Yeah. And it takes something that like you know roast beef, especially when you have a sandwich like – I don't know if I sent you a picture of mine. But like that is very heavy with roast beef. Yeah. Like roast beef could be a drier meat. Yeah, yeah. And so what you're doing is you're basically like – you know, it's like basting a turkey or like putting gravy on turkey actually is a better example um, on Thanksgiving. You basically – gravy is basically turkey au jus, right? Yeah. And you're just making it more moist. So, so that's clearly what it's meant for and I think that it works and the, and the bread just soaks it up perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a fair – I think earlier in the date section I made a mention of the, the sandwich itself being being sort of like juicy. I think roast beef is sort of like greasy – ish but you're right i think it is on the drier end of of meats especially when there's a huge pile of it and i mean to that point the the dip definitely i mean the bread becomes like delicious and the meat definitely becomes more moist but joe here's what i'm gonna say i think it was just too much beef Mm -hmm. i i i felt like when i had this sandwich because i was coming at it again effectively with a completely blank slate i had the sandwich i i took it out of the you know the the box that had come in it was still warm the au jus was warm i'm getting it of this signature place that makes this french dip it looked the sandwich looked just mouthwateringly good i take it out i dip it in the au jus and take a bite and my first thought was like wow this is like really rich like it's it's just like Beef on beef. It's a lot. It is. I was, it is. Uh, that was my feeling. Like, I was like, this is too much beef. Um, it, 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 it's like, it's really salty, obviously, as you can tell from the sodium, but, but it was, it, it just tasted me like super rich and super salty. Then I was like, this is like, I, I don't, I don't even like this. This is too much. But then in my package, I also an extra condiment. And now the Philippe's has their very special spicy mustard. The particular place I went to didn't use mustard, but they use a condiment I like even more than mustard. They had some sort of horseradish-based sauce. Yeah, that's good. I love horseradish. So I put the horseradish on the sandwich. I thought it was absolutely fabulous. Because the horseradish... Absolutely, that it cuts through the saltiness. It gives a, it a little bit of spice, a little bit of bite, and I think it really. I mean, uh, you have can have horseradish with brisket. You can have horseradish with you know sort of it, horseradish just goes so well yeah, with a pairs, pile of meat. It pairs well with beef, absolutely. Although, yeah. as I was having the sandwich, so I put the horseradish on there. I was loving the sandwich. I went back and was like, "All right, I'm going to dip it with the horseradish." I still thought. I thought the dip made it worse. I thought once it, I dipped in there, I thought it just made the sandwich too rich, too salty. To me, that roast beef with the horseradish was great, was phenomenal. And I just, I mean, I gobbled the sandwich down. But I honestly, I dipped for maybe the first third of the sandwich. And then I just said, this dip is not for me. I, give me the horseradish. 
in the Philippe's version, I would, you know, give me that spicy mustard, which I think mustard also would be a great combination for many of the same reasons. Though I think horseradish is, I like horseradish better because I love that. I love that little nasal clearing spice. I just love it. So you would prefer just a plain roast beef sandwich with hot mustard or or horseradish is what you're saying. That is definitely what I'm saying. Interesting. Interesting. To me, the au jus was, was worse than the no au jus. And I, I, I under I think I understand what the point of it is and I and I think that it does make sense in some sense but to me a creamy horseradish sauce solves the problem in a better way and again it's it, it it's just too rich for me you know maybe that's my particular palate and maybe and too salty like I don't know maybe some people like that more maybe some people are more used to that and and they didn't notice as much but I mean it was almost uncomfortable when I was biting it how like rich and salty it was I mean really it it was weird and that's why I was saying like coming into it with a blank slate I thought it was going to taste a certain way and when I actually took a bite of it in the pre especially without the horseradish on there I was really surprised because I was I mean to me, I was just surprised people like the sandwich or could eat it because it's just it's just so rich and so salty. And it, it, it's just like a giant, you know, like people talk about eating meat and getting the like meat sweats. Like I yes. felt like yeah. I yeah. took one bite of that sandwich and like I could feel my body like starting to like get meat sweats. It was just like this is too much. I wish I could say that I completely disagree with you, but I it's like a very good it tastes good, but it's like a very good like two bite sandwich. Like you want to take like, like, like actually, and, and we'll get to this in the celebrity section, you know, little preview. It's actually a perfect sandwich to have like um, French dip sliders because you just don't want that much more than that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, as as far as I'm concerned, as long as you've got some sort of mustard or horseradish, again, I'll, I'll deal with the au jus and maybe the particular batch I got was like saltier than it's supposed to be or something. Um, but again, to me, it's just... It's the whole concept of the sandwich. I mean, literally, they include this ingredient that no other thing uses. And, uh, you know, to me, it's just it, it's not adding anything. But again, you know, you obviously have this this long history with the sandwich. So at least, you know, when you were younger and getting it more regularly, like I'm sure the au jus was like part of the fun. Absolutely. Yeah. But, Kids love to dip. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it seems weird as a kid, too, to, to be getting it because, um, you know, that's <laughs> not like... No, it's, it's not, not like a kid sandwich. Like. Yeah. No, no, I know. <laughs> I think for me, you know, I'll tell you why I think I liked it as a kid. Because I didn't like a lot of, like, um, I was a very picky eater when it came to, like, I didn't like tomatoes. I didn't like onions. So it's like, it's one of those sandwiches that you can get that, like, doesn't have any of that stuff on it. Yeah. And you did specifically talk about dipping French fries in there, which to me also is like, you know, like, I like ketchup because ketchup is sweet, which contrasts the, like, saltiness of French fries. But salt, French fries and au jus is just, like, salt on salt again. Yeah, totally. You're just a salt fiend, Joe, or at least you were. Apparently. Little Joe loves salt. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Evidently. I had salt licks, too, as a kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one for the horse, one for you. <laughs> the old Mizrahi horse that that's, you used to have. That's right. That's right. All right, so what's next? Oh, yeah. Uh, you have uh, to give it a score. Yeah, I mean, I agree with most of what you said, though I think I liked it more. Six out of ten. Look, you're a salt lover. You don't have to be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. All right, good, good. But now you're going to start, that shame's going to start creeping in. 
because this is is this sandwich a monster and as as nervous as i have been for this wedding uh and how it's like ruining my life we we need to have a shout out to fanwich josh whose book which is literally like his life's work <laughs> is coming out in like four weeks i think it comes yeah. out one week after the wedding you know, in addition to the fact that, of course, every single person who's listening to this needs to go out and buy a copy, either when it comes out or pre-order Absolutely. on Amazon. Absolutely. We have given him a sandwich that is right up his alley. So this is no longer any sort of like, um, you know, again, he he's not, I wouldn't say anything he says is uninformed because every opinion he has about all these things is much more informed than any lay person. But he might know more about roast beef production than any person in the world. And he thinks it's great, right? <laughs> yep, that's it. All right. All right, moving on. Next, next section. Nine out of ten. All right. All right. He starts. Well, here we are. We're discussing a roast beef sandwich, and I wrote an entire book about beef in America. The French dip is a clever sandwich idea, and I like the audience participation element of dipping it in beef juice. On the other hand, beef is pretty monstrous. Beef is resource-intensive to produce in terms of water and feed, and slaughterhouse work is dangerous and exploitative. Beef production is also a meaningful contributor to climate change, though people still debate to what extent. And don't think you're okay just because you can afford some fancy grass-fed beef. With your grass-fed happy cow bullshit, you're still elevating beef to the top of the aspirational food hierarchy, a dynamic that is driving processes like the destruction of the Amazon to provide cheap beef to the expanding global middle class, whose members view beef consumption as reflective of American-style success. If you love beef too much to give it up, go for a version of the French dip that uses high-quality roast beef sparingly. It's better for everyone, and you'll actually enjoy a sandwich with a reasonable amount of ingredients. A sandwich piled high with meat and cheese is more eating contest than culinary delight. Monster scale, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, I wish we could have it back and forth because because my question for Josh is that like, does the ajou make it better? Like in the way that like you know, using all the parts of the cow is better. So like you're not like throwing out the cow. You know, you, you're not throwing out the beef juice like you are with those other sandwiches. You're actually like using it all. Well, it's hard to put words in Josh's mouth, but I think he would say no. It doesn't make it better. Did you listen to anything I just said? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like he's right here <laughs> i mean i i before i read this i was like well i i'm getting the good beef but yeah his point is very valid so because we're getting good beef we're making beef more popular to people who want to be like us yeah and i mean like the French dip sandwich is piled high with roast beef like there's I, lots there's, of beef on it yeah. yeah there's no version of the sandwich that isn't like with ridiculous i mean the the reason you have to dip it to your point is because a giant mouthful of roast beef is like a little bit dry because there's so much beef so you need to dip it in more beef to make it you know something you can you know actually eat it's so beef intensive that you actually dip it in other beef yeah it's bad it's bad okay okay fine fine josh two out of ten Two out of ten because it uses every part of the cow. Because it uses every part of the cow. Maybe we have to leave room for the veal sandwich, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's what I was going to pick if I'm, <laughs> if I'm selected this week. All right, Joe. When you do your celebrity Bing search, I have to imagine 
just based on the fact that Philippe, the the inventor of the sandwich, the original place where the sandwich is located, is right near Tinseltown. I imagine this sandwich is not going to come up empty when you uh, put it into Bing and see what, how celebrities are interacting with this. Well, uh, I mean, you would be wrong about that. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, look, I mean, this is, this oh, is the there thing. There you go. Next section. This is the thing. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't cheat on this research. I wait until the podcast to know what you're going to say. So I didn't really have any like uh, uh, knowledge that this was a, a Los Angeles sandwich up until today. So when I did my Bing search, the only the only only thing came, uh, that came up from from Bing was MTV star Molly Tarloff from the MTV show Awkward. Have you watched that show, Dan? Do you know what that is? Yeah, obviously, I'm always watching the MTV primetime lineup every night. Had French dip sliders, which in the picture look really good, uh, at her wedding. And she said, when it's your wedding, you basically get to pick your dream meal and actually eat it. Plus, I hadn't eaten bread in a while. <laughs> okay. So there you go, Dan. So, you know, it's a perfect wedding food, according to Molly Tarloff. Hmm. Interesting. I think the the thing is, if you're like into the keto diet uh-huh. all the giant pile of meat is really good but then all of the bread is really bad and you know i don't think any diet is good to have like or anything's good to have a bunch of sodium or whatever so i mean maybe the reason more celebrities aren't into this sandwich is because it is you know like she's saying i mean if she's not even bread recently like this this must be like a once a year sandwich yeah there's no there's no like fad diet that includes the french dip i don't think yeah yeah, and if you're if you're a celebrity trying to maintain a physique, like the French dip can't be in your regular rotation. Oh yeah, y- yeah. If if Tom Brady ate the French dip, it was long before his football career. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady's not going anywhere near this sandwich. <laughs> this was kind of a rough celebrity story. I feel like it's uh, two out of ten. Two out of ten. Woof. Real, yeah. real tough finish for the French dip. Tough run but, for the French dip. Yeah. But look, maybe it's comeback time. Because, Joe, now it's the moment of truth. Let's put the French dip on the cutting board. We, Since I have previously dipped it in that au jus, the, it's the, the au jus is like streaming out slowly from the sandwich as it sits there. Oh, it's, getting all over, it's getting all over the cutting board, Dan. Yeah, it is. And this cutting board doesn't have juice channels, so it's really, <laughs> it's really a problem. It's awaiting its fate, sitting there. Cut on the bias. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to... Give my evaluation of the sandwich, my feelings about it, which at this point I don't think are going to be too shocking. But then, Joe, you and you alone will make the final decision of whether it goes on the menu or into the compost heap. And even though what's going in the compost heap has already damaged the planet just by the aspirational nature. I mean, at least we're composting it. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) All right. French dip. More like guilt trip. Because this sandwich, by virtue of being an entirely meat-based sandwich that is a large pile of meat that is literally dipped in more meat, I think even on even on the merit alone, taste aside, I think it's 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 just bad for the world. It's it's a bad sandwich. It's bad for your body. It's bad for the world. It's bad. The sandwich is bad. I think anybody who's eating a French dip should feel bad about it. And 
that that doesn't mean we should feel bad about every meat sandwich, although we probably should. But this one is egregious. Like, I'm even trying to think in my mind, what could possibly be worse than a giant pile of beef <laughs> that is dipped in other beef? I mean, it's just bad. And then, in addition, Joe, I give the French dip the pink slip because get that dip out of there. I don't want the dip. It's the whole concept of the sandwich, I think, is based on the faulty premise that if you take the sandwich, pile it with roast beef, and then dip it in more beef, it makes a better sandwich. To me, I think if you're going to have roast beef, boy, roast beef and horseradish, or I imagine roast beef and spicy mustard, is delicious. It's amazing. It's a great combo. I don't, you know, you don't have to get fancy. This is just adding on complication Again, making it an experience, making it an event. You know, I'm surprised this sandwich has been around for over 100 years because this seems like the type of thing that would be invented like five years ago to make something worse. But, you know, so it has like an experience and an Instagram moment you could have about it. But to me, this sandwich, you know, I don't think every ingredient in this sandwich is bad. I think roast beef is fine, workable. I think there are other sandwiches it could be in. Uh, that that could be workable, could go on the menu. And again, I think the roast beef and horseradish was fabulous. But to me, this is a guilt-inducing sandwich that's terrible for you. That, to me, the flavor and the bite just don't make it, don't make me forget all of that. And so I have to say, put it on the compost heap, never order it again, and never encourage any of our listeners to order it. Wow. Because it's bad for the world. Wow, that is a very strong opinion. Well, also, I mean, Josh did guilt me. I feel very guilted by what he's saying. Well, Dan, I mean, it's tough because this is like, uh, you know, this is a childhood sandwich. I mean, we, you know, we haven't talked about any of your childhood sandwiches yet, um, which, I mean, I assume was your mom throwing two slices of, of white bread at you and telling you to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> catch as catch can. <laughs> um. But I have to agree. I mean, you, you call it a French dip. I say more like a French flip because unfortunately trying it this week flipped my opinion about the sandwich. Wow. Uh, it, it, look, there was a bite and maybe a second bite there where I was like, oh, I remember why I love this sandwich. It's really good. It's great. Dipping it. It's like, you know, it, this sandwich has perfectly solved the like dryness problem of a sandwich. And then as I took more bites, I realized most sandwiches don't have a dryness problem, especially, <laughs> a good point. especially if you add the right condiments to it. So basically, the sandwich is solving a problem that the sandwich itself created. And I just can't give it credit for that. I think the dipping is a unique novelty. I, I'm certainly going to get a French dip again, but it does not, warrant, does not warrant a place on the menu. All right. Well, French dip comes up short. Sorry, French dip, but, you know. Hey, look, a good unanimous decision between the two of us. I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. We uh, had a good run of one episode. Yeah. No lunch pail this week. Got a lot of fan feedback, though, from last week, so that was great. And and um, just for the record, it's, it's out of order, but I'll just get it in here. I said we weren't going to do this unless we got a new review, and we did. Here we go. From Chef Rob. I don't know who that could be. Great new season of the Joe Pick series. Loses a star for their credits, thanking everyone who contributes except Rob. What's with that? Four stars. I'll take it. Yeah, that's fine. All right, great. So we got the review. We don't do the lunch pail. We just have one segment left. Everybody's favorite part, Joe. 
Let's figure out who's picking next week's sandwich. You ready? I'm ready, Dan. I'm excited. I'm watching the wheel. Wait, I think we're supposed to lose a Joe, by the way. Yeah, definitely. So JoePicksPod.com slash wheel. Yeah, there are too many Joes here. I need to log into the wheel. Okay. So we've got listeners, Joe, Dan, Joe, Dan, Joe. So we need to lose one of those Joes. So now we've got listeners, Joe, Dan, Joe, and Dan. All right? So listeners have a one-fifth chance. Go, go. Here we go. Go, go. Oh, that that was so close to being a listener sandwich. It was very close to being the listener sandwich. You know, Dan, your wheel doesn't do that thing where you know how sometimes wheels spin and they'll go to something, but then they kind of spin back a little bit because gravity. Oh, oh yeah, like the wheel of fortune wheel, like the the little the little um, ticker thing creates like when it's just about to go to one, it'll just like flip back at that. Yeah, end. exactly, exactly. I I was watching. I was like, oh, it's in the dam, but maybe it'll go back to listener. But no, it didn't. It didn't. No, it is me. I'm just saying the my. physics of your wheel are, are a little flawed. Well, it's not. Well, I guess it is my wheel. You know what? I think the wheel is fine. <laughs> All right, Dan. Do you have a? Do you have a sandwich in your quiver? Uh, I did not. But I was unprepared. I was once again hoping it wasn't me. But now that it is me, and again, my life being stressed out, I want something simple. I want something easy. I want something that. I can make it home. I want something that I can make from easily available ingredients. So, this is going to be this is going to be a big one, Joe. I'm I'm deciding between two choices right now. And I'm trying to decide which one is the right one to choose. All right. All right. Well, don't pick any, you know, don't pick episodes we want to be like our best episodes because we may not be on our game next week. Why not? You're still doing this wedding prep, Dan. Well, what do you so you want me to pick a dud sandwich? I'm not saying pick a dud sandwich. I'm saying don't pick a sweep a sweeps week sandwich. I'm not picking a sweeps week sandwich. All right, you know what, Joe? Just leave me be. Okay, I pick a peanut butter and uh, <laughs> avocado sandwich. No, I'm deciding between two classic elite sandwiches. I mean, Joe, nothing would make me happier if an episode needed to go multiple weeks because that second week is is easier, but. I'm going to go with a sandwich that I have a history with, a sandwich that I would say is in my regular rotation, a sandwich where there are versions of the sandwich that I've had that are extremely good. There are versions of I've had of the sandwich that aren't as good, but I'm going to leave the door wide open to uh, this sandwich uh, and the various ways it could be constructed. And so I'm going to say my sandwich is... Simply, the chicken salad sandwich. Ooh. Dan, I was worried you are going to make a terrible choice. That's a great choice this week. But thank you, Joe. See, you've got to, you've got to build me up here. You've got to get my confidence so I don't just collapse at the end of this, you know, this wedding, this podcast. I honestly didn't have any confidence in you, but you, you, you just French flipped. Well, I have a great opinion of you now. Why, how am I French? Well, it's it's after the officer, not, not it's not the country France, Dan. It's the officer that invented the sandwich, obviously. 
All right. Well, still, that makes little to no sense. Oh, I'm going to have to figure out the, the history of the chicken salad sandwich, which undoubtedly is, ooh, we had this pot of chicken salad, and somebody not nobody had considered putting that on bread before. <laughs> and then the chicken, the chicken fell, and it was on the well, bread. And, oh, and the mayonnaise. And then officer, officer Salad walked in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I really, I, w- what in your mind would have been a bad choice? What did you think I was going to say? I don't know. I thought that you were going to like, you know, try and be really simple and go with a grilled cheese. But I think the grilled cheese is going to take like four or five episodes. So I don't want to talk about that right now. Oof, the grilled cheese would have been a great choice because actually that's the sandwich being served at the wedding, Joe. Oh, my God. But I, I wish I could go back in time and actually change my my. Well, if I if, if it's my turn next week, I wish I had picked grilled cheese. That's much simpler. That's a much better choice. No, no, you know, next week will be Passover. We have to pick a matzo sandwich, unfortunately. Ah, that's a good point. That's right. Ooh, that'll be fun. Hey, I, I there's literally one choice, the sandwich that we have to make, the haroset sandwich. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be the haroset sandwich. With yeah, matzo. what is that thing called? The uh... It's like the Hillel sandwich or whatever. Yeah, yeah the right. Rabbi Hillel sandwich. <laughs> All right. We're definitely doing that episode next week, yeah, so no we sandwich We literally don't have a choice. All no. right. Well, that's fun. Uh, oh, I'm glad I didn't accidentally pick the Hillel sandwich this week. That would have been awkward. All right, Dan. Uh, what what have, Where's my damn thing? All right. People, by the way, while you're looking for that, people should send in sandwich courts. It's the best segment. We need more of them. Yeah. Send in your sandwich courts. Uh, time to put the bread away until next week. Joe Picks, the sandwich part of the Joe Picks podcast. Now we can all of our podcasts. Go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit. Reddit.com slash r slash Joe Picks. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with the French dip sandwich, or you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the chicken salad sandwich, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePicksPod.com. Special thanks to Fanwitch Josh for research. His book, Red Meat Republic, is on bookshelves everywhere this May. is available for pure on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Special thanks to Fanwitch Jeff for the theme song. And, of course, Fanwitch Julia, not only for the logo, but for her great contributions this week to your personal history with the sandwich. Thanks, Fanwish Julia. That was great. Uh, no one else to thank. No one that's else. That's it. Yep. Leave yep. us a five-star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast. Joe, see you next week. Dan, see you, buddy.